Greetings, mind crafters, and welcome to another thrilling discussion today. Uh, my name is Kimberly Quinn, and I am your hostess with the mostest. I am so excited to have this talk. Uh, another another wonderfully snowy day, and when I just get, I'm truthfully I'm inspired. Basically, the high majority of the time, there's I'm just though I'm a winter person, and when the snow's coming down and it's snuggly, I got the fireplace going. Little Giovanni taking a schnooze on the chair next to me. I am, I, the creative juices are flowing. And today, I'm once again inspired by Sarah Von Brednick in my friends group, author of Simple Abundance. And she talks today, which at least for me, this is a great day to have this discussion because she talks about creating a sacred space for yourself. And uh, just reminding my listeners that when I when I when I'm inspired by Sarah, she her book uh, "Simple Abundance: A Day Book of Comfort and Joy" is specifically toward, geared towards women. Though it does not matter how you identify, because that's just her focus, which is great. Um, but we all we all need, you know, we all need a sacred space. We all need, and regardless of the size of your, you know, apartment or home, um, or condo or whatever. Um, there's there there's a way to create even a corner. I'm thinking like a freshman dorm room. There's still you know a desk area or you know a little corner we can uh, use what used to be called a Chinese wardrobe, which they really don't call it that anymore. But the little zigzaggy thing that you know can kind of block off space if you've if you've got um, a situation where you're living in an urban environment, space is tight, things like that. But there is a way. So Sarah starts out by saying. Um, uh, Joseph Campbell uh, uh, has a quote that she begins with, which says you must have a room or a certain hour of the day or so where you do not know what was in the morning paper, a place where you can simply experience and bring forth what you are and what you might be. At first you may find nothing's happening, but if you have a sacred place and use it, take advantage of it, something will happen happen. And I have to tell you right off the bat, and uh, I realize how blessed we are, and I can use that word. I love using that word. You have to be so careful these days, but, you know, I guess it's my podcast, and I can use the word blessed if I want to. So there you go. Um, very blessed. We, we are uh, re- very recent empty, empty nesters, my husband and I, and we're out in the country. Way, we're way back. We're way out there. And so, we, you know, we've, we've got uh, um a larger home that's now the whole downstairs is empty. And our, our daughter, our youngest, turned what was one of her sister's rooms into a Zen den when she was when she was here um, over over the summer before she flew flew the coop on us just about a month ago to move to Denver. And uh, it's and it's not a huge space at all. I mean it's it's nice that it's my own now, but it's not it's not, it's not big. In fact, I don't know that a big space would work as well for a Zen den because the whole idea is simplicity, right? And you can count the things in there on one hand. There's this, there's a couch. It's kind of like a day bed, I guess, but it's, it's a couch with throw pillows. There is one lamp. There is one bookshelf. There is a small fireplace, like a faux fireplace. And behind the curtain, there's a, like a very uh, rustic triangular shaped little tree with, with uh, little lights that go on on their own. And and a salt lamp, and that's a tiny salt. That's it. Okay, that's that's basically it. I think there's a mirror in there. 
Um, that that's that, and and it's so simple that when I walk in there, especially when the faux fireplace is going, and the salt lamp is on, it's just this. It's got a hardwood floor, you know. So it's I can do my stretching in there, whatever. Um, it it just invites creativity. The creativity just flows through me. Just flows, flows, flows. Sometimes I make movies down there. Sometimes I do podcasts down there. I'm also writing a book, and that is absolutely my spot of choice, at least during the winter, because I can write outside too, but right now it'd be a little chilly. Um, It's just, I can't even tell you, but for as far as the inner life and, and serenity and, you know, just going inward, that is my personal um, sacred spot right there. So um, Sarah says that she, talking about herself, I resisted creating a sacred space for myself for a very long time. The excuses were, she writes, one, I'm not a nun and altars belong only in churches or convents. Two, I live in a very small house and don't really have any space to set aside. And three, I didn't want my husband who respects and honors my spiritual quest, but doesn't share it or my daughter to think I was extremely weird. Those are all very valid questions to not want to, you know, to create a a space. But I'll, I'll tell you, of course, her book was written a long time ago. I mean, now with the, well, crazy crazy in a good way, well-being trend, at least across the, the states, is really picking up speed with mindfulness and gratitude and everything. I think in this day and age, people think you're less weird, um, but depending on who you live with, I guess. And then and then she says, but I kept discovering other women writers whom I admire and whom I don't think are weird at all, such as Joan Boryshenko and Julia Cameron, who I know her, have created sacred spaces for themselves, and the concept intrigued me. Julia Cameron is without even looking, I know exactly who she is. She's the author of the Writer's Way. Oh no, Artist's Way. It's called the Artist's Way. Um, Sarah writes, but Julia writes about the Artist's Way. And I have her book somewhere. It's probably on that one bookshelf downstairs in my Zen Den. And she's the one who came up with, as far as I know, the writer's, the sorry, morning pages, morning pages. We just kind of throw it all up when you first wake up and empty your mind. And, and, and she encourages uh, people to do that when they're having any kind of artistic block, like a writer's block, or it doesn't need to be writing, but something, a block, you're trying to start a business, you're trying to whatever, and just bleh. And, um, and so it makes, I'm not surprised at all that Julia Cameron is a big fan of creating a sacred space because she's all about it. And, and then, and then, um, And then she says that one day in meditation, my authentic self suggested that I become open to the idea of creating a sacred space to celebrate, concentrate, and consecrate my inner work. And then she says, okay, I said, I'll be open to it, but I don't know where I'll put it. The very next morning, I was propped up in bed writing my daily dialogue pages. When I looked up, I saw, and she has saw, do like air quotes, nobody can see me, so I'm telling you, with my inner vision, a small blue bench up against my bedroom wall, surrounded by white light. Flash! It was exactly like the one discarded on our porch. I leapt out of bed in a burst of excited enthusiasm and started gathering meaningful objects that evoke love and gratitude to me from various scattered places around the house. A half hour later, I had created a sacred space that delighted me. Man, we just got to stay there for a minute because there are several components of this that make make what Sarah's saying great. Um, the whole feng shui idea, because creativity for most people, you might find, you know, we're all wired differently. You might find someone who, 
who enjoys a loud, chaotic environment. But most creatives will tell you they're that they're out they're out in nature, such as myself. I'm out in nature every chance I get. In fact, it was hailing this morning. Now it's I don't know what it's doing, but it's very pretty. It's snowing. I guess we'll call that wintry mix. That's what we call like, you know, that's a nice way to say like, yeah, wintry crap, but it's beautiful right now. It's like actually snowing and I'll be out there with little G creating, even in a snowstorm, a lot of, and, and also any, anywhere that involves a body of water, such as the ocean, which would probably be the number one for many of us. It doesn't have to be that though. A lake, a brook, right? Where I walk in the woods with little G, which is going to be my writing spot this summer because the caretaker actually put a picnic table way out there like it's you got to walk to it and um you know for hikers to sit and have lunch or whatever but my plan is to be up there very early once the weather permits to write with little giovanni there so those are also my sacred spaces um but the the point being is that nature because it's naturally um naturally inspiring and also just and also simple nature is simple right and so you know uh, sarah talks about her house being small and she managed a way to put a, a bench up there and, and some light. Light is big. We need, we need bright light. We want it to be inviting, which is the whole principle, not the whole principle, it's exaggerating, um, a largely a principle of, of feng shui, the Chinese tradition of, you know, making spaces inviting. So the idea is you have to ask yourself, what would make me want to want to be in here, right? I want to, I want, to want to be sitting on that bench writing. If there's, if you don't want to, and you can just tell by your behavior. Currently, it was interesting. I was doing another episode a, a little while ago saying this was exactly where I was. And, um, and that was the truth. And it's also, this one is exactly where I am again. And I'm a thrower. My husband's a like rat tattooey, a pack rat and which I can't stand. So I have to get rid of stuff when, you know, he's not looking sometimes, but um, I would never throw anything away. that was important to him. I'm talking about aged calendars and things that you just don't need anymore that's like very obvious but anyway currently our bedroom is make is hurting my head it is because it's about i don't know six weeks after christmas and i've been traveling a lot and haven't had time to just get rid of boxes and stuff and it's actually at this point hurting my head clearing off surfaces i just can't stand it interestingly i'm not as much much as of a neat freak with like deep cleaning, like under the, behind the refrigerator, under the stove, because I figure if it's above my eye level or below my knees, I really don't need care that much to be truthful. I care a lot about clutter. I care a lot about just this, this an openness. I'm a freedom person. And, and this is really what we're talking about. We're talking about a creative space. You want it to be bright. You want it to be open. You want it to be simple. And you want to be able to, you know, move around relatively easily. So that's not a place for knickknacks. And let's sit something, maybe it's something your grandmother gave you, who was your everything. Like my grandmother was my everything. So maybe to put one paperweight on the desk that reminds me of her, that's okay. Right. Well, I mean, it's all okay. It's your space. But as far as if you really want it to be sacred and conducive to creativity, you want it to be as simple, open, well lit, and inviting as is possible. Now this part is cool because I do not have a meditation table. I also consider myself to be more of a practitioner of mindfulness, but let's just see what Sarah does. I'm a big fan of her. She says, now let me tell you about my meditation table as it is now called by the family. And if anyone thinks it's strange, they have kept this opinion to themselves. That's in parentheses. The dark blue enamel bench is only 18 inches long 
and eight inches deep and is against my blue bedroom wall. A small white linen and crochet lace tablecloth covers it. On the table, I have a large golden pillar candle sitting in the center, a beautiful Victorian lithograph, lithograph of an angel representing the guidance of my guardian angel, a print of the Madonna and child in an oval gold frame representing the male and female natures of divinity, a, a small gold frame mirror for my authentic self-meditation, pictures of my family and pets, a small blue and white china vase, a wedding present for fresh flowers, rose quartz crystals representing the natural world, a rose-patterned incense holder, and a small bowl of rose and jasmine potpourri. Hanging above the table at my eye level, whenever I kneel or sit, is a beautiful print in a gold frame by the artist Michael Podesta that represents the essential, sorry, the essence of simple abundance. The table is only about two feet away from the foot of my bed so that the bed supports my back comfortably when I sit and meditate. This encourages me to meditate more often. Wow. So I just got done saying about, um, you know, keep it simple. Um, but I think this is a little different because that's a separate meditation table. Do what you like. I, I personally am a less is more person. However, there's some good things about, um, Sarah sort of designating a meditation table, which I think is great because she has a lot of meaningful things. So if that, I guess it's whatever works for you. I'm definitely a less is more person. Um, but it, but the meaning, if it brings you meaning and she talked about encouraging her to meditate more often, that's all good stuff. So whatever makes it things easier to go inward, then I would say, you know, do your thing. And so, um, and then she says, after, after I pulled everything together, I consecrated the table with a small ritual of blessing. Afterwards, I was surprised by the powerful sense of positive energy that seemed to surround the table. Of course, now I know that this energy is love. Love created this space for me once I became open to it in my life. The objects displayed on the table represent all that I love and for which I am so grateful. So there you go. That's what works for Sarah. And maybe there's also an in-between. Like I'm definitely a a Zenden, um, you know, a Zenden uh, person. And I'm also Catholic. I believe there is a cross in there actually right above the door. Um, that doesn't, I mean, whatever, it doesn't need, we're not talking about religion here at all. Certainly bring in whatever you want to bring in to make whatever it is meaningful to you. So in fact, speaking of, you know, monasteries and, and you know, the, you know, and, and um, convents and things like that, the nuns and priests are all, and I've actually been in one convent. It's a very long story that I have to say it for another time. And it's also very humorous because I kind of landed with these wild and fun nuns. Um, I was going to say by accident, but I don't believe in accidents. But anyway, um, nuns and priests are obviously keep their living spaces very, very simple. And I'm sure that's true for other organized religions too, even though that's not really the focus of our talk. It's about creating a place where you can be your most uh, spiritual, because we are talking about spiritual, spiritual, authentic self. And in addition to the spirituality rolling right through you, you can't separate, you cannot separate the spirituality from creativity because that all that spirituality is coming from the divine within us. And so we're talking about creating a sacred space where you can go within and live your very, very best life doing what makes you joyful this is what we're talking about so create a creative create 
create a sacred space today where you can just let your spiritual and creative juices just flow. This is Kimberly Quinn signing off from the gorgeous, snowy, and snuggly northern Vermont. Have a mindful day.